Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazeroski outside. Currently a little bit chilly out there. Cloudy skies, 54 degrees right now in Buffalo. Hurricane Ian has left much of Cuba in the dark, wiping out power lines with its 125-mile-per-hour winds as a Category 3 storm. But when it reaches Florida's Gulf Coast, Ian is supposed to grow into a Category 4 hurricane. Sustained tropical storm force winds arrived in South Florida, bringing life-threatening conditions, including several feet of storm surge from Naples to Tampa. Millions of power outages are expected. 30,000 workers are on standby to restore electricity after the storm. And FEMA says it's stockpiling 3.7 million meals and 3.5 million liters of water in neighboring Alabama. Justin Finch, ABC News, Tampa. We'll hear more about how FEMA is reacting as we go in depth throughout the morning. Justin Finch set to join us live from the Tampa area at about 7.20 later on this morning to full coverage of Hurricane Ian and the impact it might have. Florida residents... Wondering whether to stay or go, though that time may have passed by now. And some Western New Yorkers making it back home just in time. Here's WBEN's Max Ferry. Some got the chance to take the last direct flight from Tampa Bay to Buffalo before Category 3 Hurricane Ian strikes Florida. But some who don't have to evacuate are choosing to stay in and brace for impact. Robert Wakter and Gordon Weber of St. Petersburg, Florida, were one of the lucky few who got a plane ride out of Tampa Bay. Wakter described what it's like knowing your home is about to face the hurricane. Total, total turmoil. Very difficult owning a home on the property, on the water, with the eye of the storm headed your way and knowing that your entire investment is, you know, at risk of heavy, heavy damage. There could potentially be six feet of water in our backyard in two days, and that's giving me (laughs) goosebumps right now and almost tears. So. Meanwhile, resident Rick Leonard of Estero, Florida, near Fort Myers, is staying and bearing the storm. And we weren't told to evacuate at this point, but we're 15 feet elevation and about 8 miles, 8 to 10 miles from the coast. 
and on the east side of Route 75, which what I'm told from other locals that have been here before east of 75 is, is relatively safe. We expect a lot of rain. The canals and drainage in the ponds in our community will probably overflow, but it's the nature of the beast. More on the hurricane is made available to you on our website, maxferrywben.com news. Thank you, Max. Five years ago, Hurricane Irma came ashore in Florida and knocked out electricity to Broward County. That meant many nursing home residents and hospital patients were without air conditioning in the sweltering heat for days. The situation turned out to be deadly. Twelve residents died at one nursing home. Now Florida requires all health care facilities to have backup generators but some managers are taking additional precautions. 15 hospitals and more than 100 other health care facilities have been evacuated up and down Florida's Gulf Coast. One hospital in the Fort Myers area says its staff came in at 5 o'clock last night to register patients and work through the storm. And once landfall has passed and the, the roadways are safe, we will bring in our Team B who will come in and relieve uh, those staff members. Nursing homes are moving patients, checking generators, and ensuring emergency supplies are in place to avoid the devastation that followed Hurricane Irma back in 2017. That's Andrea Fujii. This morning, we'll be bringing you more updates throughout the morning, throughout the day here, as Hurricane Ian braces for the Florida Gulf Coast. Well, speaking of uh, the heat and some of the utilities, back home here in western New York, the warming uh, coming now that the winter is going to be more costly for Western New Yorkers. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. Gas companies like National Fuel and NOCO are advising people to prepare for significantly higher heating bills this winter based on the rising cost of natural gas. National Fuel estimates that based on the current market prices, the average resident customer will pay $1,023 to heat their home this winter with expected increases over last year hovering around 50%. As what happens every year with demand, as demand goes up, the cost goes up. What we're seeing this year is with uh, lower storage levels. It's affecting the price of natural gas. This winter, we're also expecting a colder than average winter, which will uh, affect prices as well. That's Pierre Auberton, Assistant Vice President of NOCO. The Energy Information Administration projects that U.S. households will spend more on energy this winter than they have in several years. So how can people save a few extra bucks this winter on their heating bills? One thing that people can do that will have an immediate impact is making sure their furnace has been serviced with a tune-up. Here's more from HVAC project manager Ian Donnelly from TMARC Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Many homeowners fail to have an annual tune-up done on their equipment. And what happens is over time, small issues build and then kind of snowball into larger issues. And then that usually results in not having any heat when it's 10, 15 degrees out. And as somebody who's in those homes, talking to homeowners during those moments of desperation, this is a great opportunity to kind of save yourself from having to be in that situation. More ways to save some money on your heating bills this winter is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Thank you, Brayton. Well, just how bad was it on the field in Miami this past Sunday, Stefan Diggs appeared on the Dan Levitard show yesterday. He was asked just how bad the conditions were on the field. I've never been that tired <laughs> in my life. I had full body cramp after the game, full body cramp. I've never experienced that as well. I probably laid on that table and I was like, yeah, this is it for me. So uh, I'm here, though. Here I am. Full body cramps. Take us through what that is, because I believe that your team played in inhumane conditions on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I think it's set up that way because if you ever notice on the Miami field, 
uh, the Miami side is under the shade. Majority of the Miami side is under the shade. And our side is in the uh, the sun that, you know, turns those grapes into raisins. And uh, mm-hmm. it was it was it was real fun out there. I mean, the full body cramp is when your hamstrings, your quads, your arms, your your, uh, your stomach, all that good stuff cramps up. So it's just part of the game. Those full body cramps had digs in and out of the lineup late in the game. Whew. Um, Levitar, by the way, is uh, Miami and Florida based. So, you know, oh. when he says inhumane conditions, it's, wow. you know, you're hearing it from in, not somebody up here, but somebody who kind of lives through that yeah. every day. So maybe that says something uh, interesting there. And uh, hopefully everyone's drinking their water ahead of this Sunday. Well, the Federal Department of Transportation approving New York State's electric vehicle infrastructure deployment plan. What's that? Well, the state plans to install more than 60,000 electric vehicles charging stations along major highways. The state DOT planning to install charging stations roughly every 50 miles along highways using a combination of federal electric vehicle funds and state incentives. State aiming to construct enough charging stations to accommodate 850,000 electric vehicles on the road in New York by 2025. 38-year-old Daniel Warmus of Alden was sentenced to 45 days in prison and two years of probation for taking part in the January 6th riot at the Capitol. Warmus was among the first wave of rioters to breach the Capitol. He's the first Capitol rioter from western New York to be sentenced to jail. U.S. District Judge Paul Friedman said Warmus's actions over the last six months while on pretrial supervision showed he did not have remorse, in particular continuing to post to a YouTube channel that has more than 40,000 subscribers. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. We're looking at mostly cloudy skies, a few showers lingering through early this afternoon. Temperatures today in the mid to upper 50s. Tonight, partly to mostly cloudy and chilly. Overnight lows in the low 40s. Thursday morning clouds can wait to sunshine. Highs in the mid 50s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. We welcome on Steve Tybor from 8 Days of Hope which, uh, yet again, getting ready to help out people in need after a natural disaster. Steve, thanks so much for being with us as you're hearing about what's about to make land in Florida. What's going through your head? You know, right now for us, it's about preparation. We've been preparing the last seven to ten days, you know, millions of dollars of equipment, our volunteer leaders, getting ready to go in as soon as the storm passes. But, of course, this morning, Seeing the strength of the storm, I mean, people have to remember Hurricane Katrina was a Category 4 hurricane, and right now, Hurricane Ian is within two miles per hour of being a Category 5. Whenever uh, any part of the country gets hit by a 4 or 5 hurricane, Category 4 or 5, you're looking at anywhere between 5 and 10 years of recovery. This is a massive, massive storm, and all hands will need to be on deck once it passes through. There's going to be uh, an intense destruction in, in a large area. It's unfortunate, uh, but we're ready to respond. If I remember right, Steve, your group, Eight Days of Hope, got started with Katrina. <laughs> yes, we did back in 2005. It was meant to be a one-time trip. We've now grown into a national ministry. We have now responded to over 70 disasters, Hurricane Delta, Katrina, Harvey. Um, I can go on. The list is long. Laura, Uh, This past year, we were in New Orleans, uh, Hurricane Ida. We were there for many, many weeks. This year, we've been to Kentucky for flooding uh, during Christmas last year with a tornado. You know, we we just believe that, you know, 
uh, we're a faith-based ministry. We're interdenominational, but we just believe God's called us to love and serve the brokenhearted. And so volunteers, thousands of volunteers will be in route to Florida starting probably Sunday or Monday uh, once everything has been cleared out and it's been deemed safe for the volunteers. And we'll be there for multiple months. We're going to help out hundreds and hundreds of families, um, never charging a penny, but just trying to bring hope to those who are feeling hopeless. Well, uh, what does that hope look like? What do you guys do on the ground when it comes time to move? You know, we're a unique ministry. We have heavy equipment. So um, let's just say Saturday or Sunday, our teams uh, will have millions of dollars of equipment that will be showing up south of the Tampa Bay, maybe the Sarasota area, um, where we can uh, very quickly use bobcats and bucket trucks. Our volunteers who've been certified to operate chainsaws will be removing trees uh, off of driveways and streets and homes. We'll be tarping roofs. Uh, Where there's flooding, uh, it's very important, especially down south, that you dry out the home as fast as possible so mold doesn't set in. And so one of the things we'll be doing is we'll be gutting out or um, mucking out hundreds of homes. So wherever the water line is, let's say there's four feet of water, we go up five feet, remove the insulation, the drywall, the electrical, the carpets, the cabinets, very quickly bring in about a half a million dollars of commercial dehumidifiers and fans and dry it out. And then about three days later, spray it for mold. And that's very important. Um, You know, after Harvey, you would go into a subdivision the day after Harvey, Harvey outside of Houston, and you'd see no damage. And five days later, every home had about 10 feet of their belongings at the curb because that's so important. That's what we'll be doing starting early next week. You know, something else that you probably don't even think about at this point is that after a few days without power and, and you know, these catastrophic conditions, people could use a good shower, right? And you even come <laughs> through with that. You know, yes, we'll be bringing shower trailers in. And, and, you know, it's just not even for the families that are coming back. So so many have evacuated. They'll be coming back, and, of course, they'll be in shock. And there'll be no power, and there'll be no hot water, and eight days of hope. God's blessed us with these four beautiful shower trailers, and uh, one of them here in Buffalo and three down in Mississippi in route. And so we're not only going to help out the families with a hot shower, but also the people working to bring back power. I mean, they don't have a secret place to go to get a hot shower. And so a lot of the linesmen, the men and women who work in that field, um, we're there to serve them. The other thing we're bringing We're bringing two laundry trailers. These laundry trailers have 10 commercial washers and dryers in each. And the dignity of just having clean clothes. Um, Think about it. You go back to your house. You see all these things have been ruined. You start seeing these volunteers help you to kind of get that out of your house. But your clothes are salvageable if you can wash them and clean them in in a timely fashion. So our volunteers will be doing laundry as well. Well, that's awesome to hear. You do such great work. You mentioned your volunteers. I mean, how many people get involved? Where do they come from? Is it mostly the Western New York area? I know now you're uh, kind of all over the at least the yeah. East Coast, right? Yeah. So we are a national ministry. We've been to Hawaii when the volcano erupted. Uh, we've been to Buffalo. You know, that Thanksgiving where we had a crazy snowstorm here. Illinois, Texas, everywhere in between. Uh, We have 50,000 volunteers who have served with us over the last 17 years. They will get an email probably tomorrow or the next day telling them where they're to go and what to bring. So we expect thousands of people to be serving with us in Florida once the hurricane passes. Uh, About 100 volunteers will come from Buffalo. That's traditionally what travels, maybe a little bit more than that. About our 181 volunteer leaders, they lead this really. I mean, we only have seven 
staff people on our team uh, to serve to serve the volunteer leaders. Those volunteer leaders live in 31 states. So uh, we'll see them from all over the country. In fact, volunteers have come now from 11 countries to serve with us. So uh, it's been fun to watch it grow. Uh, it's even more rewarding when you meet somebody who has nowhere to turn and you bring them hope. And that's what we'll be doing in Florida uh, starting this weekend. It's amazing. And people can volunteer for a week, two weeks, a few days even, yes. right? Yes. You know, it's very simple to volunteer with Eight Days Hope. When all the details are published, and that should be in the next 48 hours, so that will tell you where to go, where to fly into, where to drive to. We will be there for probably at least six weeks, maybe even longer. It's free to volunteer with us. We provide food and lodging, so we're going to feed you three good meals. Uh, we have all the tools. You don't have to be a skilled professional. You know, we have single moms and grandparents You know, show up. You do need to be 18. This is an active disaster site. But if you can get to Florida uh, over the next six weeks, we'll put you up. Uh, you're going to meet some people from around the country. And I promise you this, you're going to leave exhausted. You can't do what we do and not be tired, even if it's just making food for the volunteers. But you, you're going to leave, your heart's going to be full. You'll be changed forever when you meet some of these families and you see the joy in their face. All that information is on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Uh, of course, they can donate as well. Our partners cover our fixed costs. So everything donated to AT's Hope during the next six, eight weeks, 100% of it is passed through to families in need in Florida. So uh, that's uh, more information on how they can be a part of that as well. All right. 8 is where you can go. Steve, thank you so much, and good luck over the next uh, several weeks. I'm sure you'll be busy. Steve Tybor is joining us, founder, 8 Days of Hope which is uh, going to be heading out to those uh, areas hit by the hurricane that is now, again, Category 4, uh, really close to a Category 5 storm. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.